Well, let's grab our Bibles, turn to the book of Ruth. Use your table of contents if you need to. Find Ruth in the Old Testament, the earlier part of your Bible. If you're flipping through books and looking for it, you'll see Joshua, Judges, and then you'll come to Ruth. Samuels are after that, Kings are after that, so find Ruth in the middle there. Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings. We're going to be in Ruth, Ruth 2 in a moment. So you know how when you turn on your favorite TV show, uh, it often starts like this, previously on, right? Well, this is much better than our favorite TV show. This, this is getting ourselves back into a true story from God to us for our encouragement and for our benefit. So previously on Ruth, the Moabitess widow. And her mother-in-law, bitter Naomi. Things were tough. But when we left off last, there was a glimpse of hope. So what, where are we at in the story here? Naomi left her homeland, God's promised land. She described herself as having left full and returned empty. She described her, or we, we saw her circumstances change from leaving married with sons to returning to her homeland, a widow, and with a daughter-in-law who was also widowed. Returning to the promised land, coming back from Moab, a place they probably shouldn't have been, a place they were, had, were not sure had listened to God and had trusted in God, and now they're returning from Moab, returning to the promised land, and as Naomi, Naomi and Ruth find their way back to Judah, what are they thinking? What are they expecting? They, they, they probably are expecting to need to scrounge for a living, to depend on the kindness of others, to, to do whatever's necessary just to survive because they're without husbands. Naomi, Naomi's circumstances were such that she renamed herself from Naomi, or pleasant, to Mara, or bitter. Naomi's circumstances were such that she renamed herself from pleasant to bitter. And just for a moment, do we put ourselves in the story? Do we, do we relate it all to her circumstances? Are there things that you've gone through that have been hard for you, that have made you struggle, that have made you question God, that have made you wonder, where is he? We put ourselves in the story here, and there are. There's times when we question God. We wonder, like Naomi, if he's against us. Does, does God no longer care? We find ourselves hurting and, and seemingly without hope. And that's where Naomi and Ruth are as they journey back from Moab, back to their homeland, the promised land. Chapter 1, chapter 1 of Ruth opened with famine, but ended with a harvest, a glimpse of hope. And so, as we pick up God's word, as we pick up this true story from God, what happens, ne what happens next? Has God abandoned them, or will he provide? Right? How, how in this story will God demonstrate his hesed, 
his faithful love, mercy, kindness. How, as we continue, will God demonstrate his said kindness to his people? So you already grabbed your Bibles, hopefully. Hopefully you found your way to Ruth chapter 2. Um, love you to follow along in God's word so we see what he has for us this morning. And uh, one more uh, thing to set this table for us here, to set the scene. Uh, we are, the beginning of the chapter, of, uh, the beginning of chapter one started with in the time of the judges to tell us when this is. God's people had been brought out of slavery in Egypt. They had been guided through the wilderness. They had been delivered into the promised land. And God had done all of these things for, for them. And yet God's people rebelled and went their own way. And the book of Judges ends with this line. In those days, there was no king in Israel. And I would say not just no human king, but many were not even living as if God were king. And so everyone did what was right in their own eyes, their own way, not the king's way, God's way. So that's where we find ourselves as we resume the story in Ruth chapter 2, verse 1. Now, Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. Alert, alert, new character, new person here. This story has been predominantly about Naomi and her family, her husband, her sons. Her sons went, they all went to Moab. While they were in Moab, the two sons married Moabite women. One stayed back in Moab, and Ruth has come with Naomi. And now that's been the story to this point. And now all of a sudden, chapter 2 opens with this new name. And so it should alert us. It should help us to pay attention. This is a key person. Verse 2. And so Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, remember who's Ruth? She's a new believer. She's begun, begun to put her trust in the, the one true God. She's, uh, she has no money. She's left her homeland. In leaving her homeland of Moab, she would seemingly, seemingly be leaving what would be safest and easiest and most convenient for her. But she has put her loyalty in Naomi and in, and in putting her faithful love for Naomi to, to work. She is trusting that God will care for her in this new land. So Ruth the Moabite uh, is an outsider. She, she's, she wasn't born into God's family. She, she, among the God's people back in the promised land, the people of Moab would be despised. And here she is returning with Naomi. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, verse 2 continues, let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him in whose sight I shall find favor. So God's law allowed for this way to provide for the poor, that God's people were instructed, that those that were landowners, those that were um, raising crops, were instructed to leave the outside edges uh, untouched and to not go back over their field and get every last bit of the crop. There was instruction in God's word to provide for poor people in this way by allowing people to come and glean, um, take what was left over, take what was dropped, take some of the crops for themselves. This would be, I mean, I don't know, what can we compare this to? This, one one um, commentator I read this week compared it to recycling cans. This is a lot of time and effort for pretty little back, right? This, this, this is 
a lot of effort with little to show for it, but, but yet the possibility of eking out an existence for yourself, of, of finding a way to survive. The poor were invited to glean the edges of the field, and it, it would be enough to survive, enough for God to care for the poor. So Ruth here is demonstrating faith that God will provide. And, and the cool thing here is that Ruth's faith doesn't just sit around and hope for God's provision to drop from the sky, but she makes a plan and says, I'm going to go to the fields and I'm going to find God's favor in, in, in someone who allows me to glean in their field. And it's interesting that she's finding herself trusting God here. We just described what era this story is taking place in, in the time of the judges. And what did people do? Did they do what was generous and what God wanted? Judges, the last line of Judges told us that people did as they thought was best for them, that they went according to their own ways, not God's ways. So Ruth is going to this field. Will she be allowed to glean? Will God provide for her in this way? Verse 2 continues. And Naomi said to her, Go, my daughter. And bitter Mara doesn't go too. We don't really know why. But it is kind of interesting. She would be... Um, potentially able to benefit from this opportunity to glean as well, but she sends um, Ruth alone. Was it best to send Ruth alone? Uh, not, you know, maybe not. What's keeping Naomi at home? Again, God's word doesn't tell us, so we can't be sure, but we know that it's been a difficult journey for her, that her life circumstances have been legitimately hard, but that, but that she has been pushed into bitterness and, and maybe feeling sorry for herself. And so she sends Ruth. Verse 3. So Ruth sent out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And look at this phrase. She happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech. She just happened to come to the field of Boaz. Interesting choice of language. The language here is literally uh, as chance chanced. The writer in Hebrew wrote, as chance chanced, or maybe our phrase, as luck would have it. Here comes Ruth, and she just happened to the field of Boaz. Really? No. This is the author's use of irony. This is deliberately saying the opposite of what is really going on. Ruth... In real life, Ruth, the human being who is going out to glean, may not know whose field she, she does not know, yet know whose field she has come to, but God sees and knows and cares and guides and orchestrates and brings things about for the good of his people and for his great glory. Did she happen to come to the field? Or is God sovereign over all things? We'll see. Verse 4. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem. And he said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered Boaz, The Lord bless you. If you're a believer in Jesus, and you have the privilege of supervising people, does this describe your interactions at work? 
What is, but this is our first glimpse of Boaz, and it's a great opportunity to see who Boaz is. Boaz honors the Lord in all he does. He is respected by his workers. This is the earliest indicator we have of, of what we're going to come to see about Boaz and who he is. This awesome guy, this good boss, well-liked, generous, a man of character. Verse 5. Then Boaz said to his young man who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, She is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said to me when she got here, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. So she came, and she has continued from early morning until now except for a short rest. What does that little glimpse tell us about Ruth? Hard worker. Her faith is, is put in action. She believed that God would, tr- would provide for her, would care for her, would show her what he had, and, and she's uh, put her faith in action in going to the fields, in trusting God to provide, and in doing the work necessary. Uh, Boaz uh, may not have recognized her face, but he indicates clearly that he had heard the story. He may, he may have asked, well, who is that woman? Because maybe he hadn't connected the dots yet. But clearly, once his reaper tells him who it is, he had heard the story. He had heard how Na- uh, Ruth had left her country. He had heard how Ruth was loyal to Naomi. He had heard how Ruth was continuing to care for her mother-in-law, even though she could have stayed back in Moab. And now here he's seeing, with, Boaz is seeing with his own eyes that Ruth is hard at work, Uh, to provide for Naomi, her mother-in-law. So Boaz, likely impressed with what he's seeing of her character, he makes a generous offer, verse 8. So Boaz says to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter, do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? He's protecting her, keeping her safe. And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. Here we are in the days of the judges. How did we just see a few minutes ago that the day of the judges were described? Not, God, not people joyfully running after doing God, God's best, caring for other people. But here we are in a day when it says that most of God's people had abandoned his law and were doing their own thing. And here we have Boaz, who is following not just following God's law, but following the heart of God's law. Not just doing the bare minimum, of, as we'll see in a moment, of God's law, but, but his generosity, his kindness is going over and above. Here we have Boaz um, being God's blessing to the vulnerable. God cares for the vulnerable, the orphan, the widow, the foreigner, the sufferer. And here is God's care, his said kindness, to Ruth by his generosity and protection. Verse 10. So how does Ruth respond? Then she fell, Ruth fell on her face, bowing to the ground and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a Moabite? But Boaz answered her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me. 
and how you left your father and mother in your native land and came to a people that you did not know before? The Lord repay you, Boaz says to Ruth. The Lord repay you for what you have done and a full reward be given to you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Naomi, when, when Naomi and Ruth traveled back to the, promise, uh, to the promised land and Ruth demonstrated her love and her loyalty to Naomi. And and as she has gone to work to provide for Naomi, I think Naomi has missed so far. She's missed out so far. She hasn't noticed so far because of her difficult circumstances, because of her slide into bitterness. So far, Naomi hasn't yet noticed God's kindness to her through Ruth. And, and, and Ruth has, has put her trust in God and given her loyalty to Naomi and traveled with her and is providing with her. And remember, you know, on the road in chapter one, Naomi just said, okay, you're coming, here we go. Then Ruth said, I'll go to the field and glean just now. And she said, okay, go. That's what we got from Naomi so far. But here, where Ruth's kindness was not recognized by Naomi, Boaz sees her sees God working in her, sees God's kindness to her. And, uh, and God is showing, uh, let me, let me skip, I skipped a part here. Let's go to look at verse 13. So then she said, Ruth said, I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, for you have comforted me and spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not one of your servants. God is showing Ruth's his kindness through the kindness of Boaz. This is what we talked about a while ago, that one of the main ways God demonstrates his said faithful love, kindness to us is through the faithfulness and kindness of others. And so here, Ruth is experiencing God's kindness through Boaz. The outsider, the Moabite, the despised Moabite who's come to be among God's people is experiencing God's kindness through Boaz. The outsider, Ruth, is now beginning to see just maybe just maybe there's a place for me among God's people. Verse 14. And at mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come here and eat some bread and dip your morsel in the wine. So she sat beside the reapers, and he passed her roasted grain, and she ate until she was satisfied, and then she had some left over. And this is one of those Bible stories where I have to like grab myself, and maybe I need to encourage you the same way. Sometimes I think we just read through the words, and we get to the big picture of the story, but we don't necessarily put ourselves in, in the story. And here's one of those moments. It says, she ate until she was satisfied, and then she had some left over. And I'm saying, do we get it? Or do we have three squares a day and a fridge and a freezer packed with meat from hunting? This is, this is Ruth going, uh, so if we're not going to get this situation here for Ruth unless we get what it's like to be hungry, to be desperate, to be going without, to not know where your next meal is going to come from. Uh, we would miss the significance of this scene because of our full refrigerators. But this is God's has said grace, mercy, blessing, faithful love, kindness to Ruth because she is satisfied and she has leftovers. Verse 15. When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves. Not just the edges, not just the scraps. Boaz says, 
She can glean among the sheaves and do not reproach her. Oh, and by the way, you know what, reapers? As you're going along, why don't you pull out of your bundle some and and leave it there for her to glean? And when she picks it up, do not rebuke her. That's the instructions that boss Boaz gives to his workers. Boaz, his generosity, as we already said, goes beyond God's law of allowing the poor to glean. God, uh, God's kindness to Boaz is resulting in Boaz's generosity and kindness to others. He's going above and beyond the requirements of the law. How do we treat outsiders? How do you and I interact with people that are not like us? When, when, when the despised Moabite widow showed up in town, it says everybody ask about Naomi. When we studied chapter one last week, it says they got to town and everybody went, well, is this Naomi? And there's just no mention of Ruth. So how do we, church family, how do you as a follower of Jesus interact with the hurting the lost, the poor, the suffering, those that look different than us? How do we treat outsiders? Like the folks who ignored Ruth's arrival in town? Or like Boaz? Looking out for, including in the meal, being a blessing to, going above and beyond the law to the heart of God's law to care for and provide for others because God sees you Lisa said a while ago in all your circumstances and situations and pains and hurts and struggles and sins God sees you he knows you he loves you he cares for you and we see throughout the scriptures he especially cares for the hurting and the vulnerable he cares for the orphan and for the widow for the stranger, for the foreigner. And so here is God's said, faithful love, kindness to the outsider, to the outcast, to the needy. So are we looking, when we look around this room, who do we interact with? Those we're comfortable with, those we know, those that look like us. When we go out into our town, when we live our lives, when we have different spheres of influence, do we see the needy and the outcast among us, or are we not even looking? Are not asking God to give us his eyes for people? Verse 17. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Then she beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an ephah of barley, And she took it up and went into the city. Now, I don't know about you, if you've been reading the Bible very long, you often come to these biblical words, these biblical measurements, these these words that talk about ancient measurements. And again, do we just keep reading? Or are we curious at all? Well, I'm curious a little bit. And plus, I read a lot of books this week, and so the books told me this little fact for you, okay? So I'm going to pass it along. We get to these words in the Bible that talk about biblical or ancient measurements, and I don't think we know exactly what they are. And so, you know, what's happening here? What's happening here? So she worked in the field all day, and she said, it says she's got a bag of grain. 
You know, maybe it's this little, um, little bag worth of banana chips from Walmart, which, by the way, are terrible. <clears throat> that's why they're still, that's why they're it's still full. That's a really significant application of this message. Do with it what you want. Okay, her mother-in-law, Ruth's mother-in-law, saw what, what Ruth had gleaned. And, you know, and she said, oh, that's a nice little bag of grain, Ruthie. Nice. Good job. Way to bring that home. No. No. Ruth, the hardworking outsider, loyal to Naomi, learning to trust God, putting herself out there in faith, was so blessed by God's kindness through Boaz's kindness that she ended up at the end of the day with an ephah, 30 to 50 pounds of grain. Has anybody bought a bag of dog food at Costco lately? It tastes terrible. <laughs> Perfect. Don said it tastes terrible. Yeah, don't eat either of these things. That's not the point of me holding this bag. An ephah was 30 to 50 pounds. If you've bought a bag like this, you know what this 40-pound bag feels like, which, by the way, uh, the passage just told us that Ruth, Ruth threw it over her shoulder and carried it into town. <laughs> I mean, I, don't, I barely want to put it in the cart at Costco. Ruth threw it up on her shoulder and carried it into town. After working all day. Verse 18. So when verse 18 says that her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned, it wasn't, oh, that's nice, Ruthie, good job. When, when Naomi saw what Ruth had gleaned, and, and Ruth also brought out and gave Naomi the food that she had left over from lunch. Remember that at lunchtime? When she ate until she was satisfied and still had leftovers? Well, she brought that home too. And so now Naomi's seeing all this. Where was Naomi? And where are you and I someday, some days? Last week, I was honest about where I'm at some days. And some days, I relate to bitter Naomi. And I've let the circumstances of my life convince me that I should just stay there and muck and muck and mess with it and add with that. And think, oh, nice little bag, Ruthie. And here's what happens. Where was bitter Naomi? Where bitter Naomi was, was she had wondered, where's God? Will he provide for me? It was a mess in Moab. I'm coming back to, to, to my homeland, kind of hat in hand, figuring I'm going to have to scrap for everything, wondering if I'm going to be able to survive. That's where Naomi was. And now, God has said, faithful love and kindness comes to the feet of Naomi like that. God's over and above, not dog food, God's over and above has said faithful kindness to Boaz had become over the top faithful has said kindness to Ruth, which had become over the top faithful has said kindness to Naomi. Verse 19. 
And her mother-in-law said to her, where did you glean today? Where have you worked? And then listen to what Naomi says. First, where were you? Where did you work? And then listen to this. Naomi says, blessed be the man who took notice of you. There's a prayer. She's going, praise the Lord. Blessed be the man. I think that 40 pound of bag of grain had an impact on Naomi, which by the way, is enough food for a person for weeks. That's what I'm talking about, about God's over the top kindness here. This, this has had an impact on Naomi, and I think we've got a glimpse here in verse 19 of, of Naomi perhaps beginning to see evidence of God's kindness to her again. Of beginning to see that in the midst of her difficult circumstances, that God sees her and knows her and will care for her and provide for her. Maybe God's not out to get her. Maybe she blew it. Maybe she did blow it. She did blow it. Maybe she made some poor choices. Maybe she shouldn't have been in Moab. Maybe the circumstances. But God's has said faithful love is pursuing her and is demonstrating God's kindness to the, through the kindness of others. So let's continue. The, I think ni- verse 19 continues. So Ruth told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, the man with whom I work today is Boaz. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. It's really interesting the way this is written. Who is she referring to? She says, May he be blessed by the Lord, whose kindness, the who's, who's the who's referring to? It's interesting. Grammatically, it could be bo- it could be either. It could be referring to Boaz or it could be referring to God. Well, both are true, Right? But definitely, more importantly, underneath here is God. May he be blessed by the Lord, Boaz, whose kindness, God's kindness, has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also then says to Ruth, this man, Boaz, is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. And here's where we have to wait for next week to talk more about this. But let's just do the quick version before we go today. Naomi says to Ruth, this man is a close relative of ours, one of our redeemers. Well, as we study God's word in the Old Testament, one of the things that we find in God's law was also this idea of a kinsman redeemer, of a person in kind of an extended family position who was, who was given this responsibility by God as a kinsman redeemer to provide uh, help to come to the aid of family members who had gotten in dire circumstances. So, so Naomi is telling Ruth what she didn't know. Not only did Ruth not know what field she was going to end up in, but Ruth just happened to end up in Boaz's field. And now Naomi is telling Ruth, this man is one of our redeemers. A kinsman redeemer um, had this responsibility of coming to the aid of family members. Was this just a happening or a divine orchestration by a sovereign God? The kinsman redeemer could... Um, protect a family in different ways. The kinsman redeemer could, uh, redeemer could buy back property. If, if someone had lost their property because of debt, had given it up, the kinsman redeemer could buy that property back. The kinsman redeemer might have the responsibility to buy someone out of slavery. If their desperate times had caused themselves to sell themselves into slavery, then the kinsman redeemer would buy them back. Um, and then a similar situation 
uh, to the kinsman redeemer situation, there's also an Old Testament law called leveret marriage, where if a man died, one of his brothers actually had the responsibility to marry the widow and, and therefore continue the family line. So, so it, it, was a, it, was a, it was a law that was in place to be a blessing to that family to make sure that the, the name of that family would continue amongst God's people. And so there was this idea of leveret marriage as well, uh, this responsibility to marry a widow and continue the family line. So there'll be more on that in the next couple of Sundays as we continue the story. And here's the questions. Did Ruth's situation qualify? I mean, we're back to the TV voice, right? Now we're looking at next episode. Did Ruth's situation qualify? Was Boaz really required to help in any of these ways? If so, would Boaz help? Tune in next time. Episode four of Ruth the Moabitess and her mother-in-law, Bitter Ruth. I mean, Bitter Naomi. So, but what's most important for us today before we go? Naomi and Ruth's need, their poverty, their their desperation, their recognition that they had need should remind us that we have need. And it should remind us that that beyond need for physical uh, protection, beyond need for our practical needs met like food, we should be reminded this morning, each and every one of us, that going our own way, doing as what we see fit, is not God's best for us. This story of Ruth and Naomi's need should remind us of our deep spiritual need that apart from our great God, we cannot, we cannot do anything. God's favor then to Ruth and Naomi, if we're reminded of our need this morning, if we put ourselves in the, sh- the place of being desperate before God and not being able to, to do it on our own, then, then Ruth and Naomi, the favor that they experienced, the blessing, the said kindness that they are experiencing from God through the kindness of others, that should remind us of the ultimate redeemer. In this story, Boaz will become a redeemer in practical ways to Ruth and Naomi's family. But, but their need reminds us of our deep spiritual need. And the favor that God shows them reminds us that the, of the favor that God shows to us in the ultimate redeemer, the Son of God himself, Jesus Christ. That God's rescuing grace, that his has said kindness is poured out to us in sending his son to live and die and be raised again so that you and I can have life. Jesus' kindness, I mean God's kindness through Jesus, think about what Jesus has done for us that parallels this story. Our great God and his said kindness has, has come to us outsiders has pursued us outsiders, given us refuge, brought us into the meal, provided for our needs, forgiven our sin, and made it possible for us to know God again, to be put back in relationship, and to be brought into his family, to have life now and life forever, because Jesus is the Redeemer. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for this marvelous story this true story from your word that we get to study together. Father in heaven, we thank you for an opportunity to gather as a church family to look to your word. I pray that your word would speak to us, that your spirit would would 
prompt us, would touch us, would guide us to see what you have had for us this morning. God, I pray that as, as we come to your word, not only on Sundays, as we come to study your word each day in our own lives, God, would we not just come to your word and let it go in, and, in one ear and out the other, but God, would we, would we sit in it? Would we imagine ourselves there? Would we ask you for insight? Would we listen for the Spirit's prompting as to what you're teaching us? Father, show us. How are we treating outsiders? How are we demonstrating faith in you in the midst of difficult circumstances? Show us, God, where we allow ourselves to slip into bitterness instead of trusting you through it all. And God, we thank you that you have not left us to our own ways, but that you have sent your son as the ultimate redeemer, the one who sought us when we were outsiders, who lived the life that we cannot live without sin, who died the death that we deserve, the ultimate redeemer who then rose victoriously to life again so that we too can have life. Father, we love you. Help us to live for you in all that we do and say. In Jesus' name, amen.